Hi, Hal. Hey, Julie. Welcome, everyone, to the Rise for Educators podcast, the podcast where we share research-based tools that relate to empowerment, self-care, and all things education. Each week, we discuss the RISE system, a model we created to make it easy to identify which self-care tools are the best for you. We will also talk about the ladder, a tool that connects the dots between your mind and body. I'm Julie. And I'm Holly. We are instructional coaches and sister-in-laws who decided to take our conversations about these ideas out of the corner of our family gatherings and put them into a podcast. Welcome to episode 15. Our topics for today are social superpowers, the dark side of social superpowers, and our social superpower awareness tool. Um, Hi, Holly. How are you? I'm good. How about you, Jill? (laughs) I'm doing okay. Um, My check-in for the week is my dad is out of surgery. That's probably like my, my top ladder thing right now and uh, he needs a lot of support and a lot of help so um, I really in this podcast we've talked about the ladder as it relates to our nervous systems and that's kind of been on my mind because a lot of people I've run into that are listening to the podcast I notice I've had a couple people say you know I think I live in yellow and when I first, I think I've mentioned this before, when you, when you first told me about the, the, our nervous system and that we're either, you know, feeling great, green, safe and social, or kind of in fight and flight or shut down, it didn't resonate as much, but now I'm living it. And I think we're all living it, but it's such a powerful tool when you're really aware of it. Yeah. An example is, <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh my gosh. So if you've listened to the podcast, my dad has had this major uh, surgery for his mouth cancer and removed basically half of his face. Mm-hmm. And he has skin from his thigh on his cheek. Mm-hmm. He has staples all around his neck because they took out lymph nodes. He has a trach and a feeding tube, major, oh. major, major, major surgery. So I've been down at Northwestern this week and, um, which is an amazing place. And, uh, two night, two days ago, uh, my mom brought him home. I met them there and that is where the ladder comes in. So (laughs) (laughs) get to my parents' house and like everyone's like in fight or flight because it's one thing to be in the hospital and being taken care of by, you know, doctors and nurses who know what they're doing. And then to bring someone home who really has these high needs. And I knew it would be stressful. So my my dad was definitely, I don't even know where he can't really talk. So he's in fight flight in a different way. My mom, who's usually very green, safe and social kind of a gal was like way down yellow. I've never seen her like that. And we get there and, and they deliver this, um, humidifier for my dad's trach and we don't have distilled water. So I'm like, I'll run to the store and get the distilled water. Well, I was such in fight or flight. So the latter knowledge is super helpful because I was able to say like, I'm in fight or flight right now. Yeah, I can't say I control it very well. I went to the jewel to get distilled water. And I think I was like, just an ass to people because I was so angry. I don't know why I was just stressed. And I also had an appointment that night that I needed to get to. And I was like, oh my God. And I just was like driving fast. No, I wasn't like being unsafe, but I was driving fast. I walked into the jewel. I don't think I made eye contact or said hello to anyone. Not yeah. like me at all. Yeah. I was like, and I'm saying to myself, oh my God, I'm totally in fight or flight, but I wasn't laughing. Yeah. I, you just kind of get in it's, but it's, it's been very helpful for me. And then I realized, wow, my mom is really in fight or flight. And I made the mistake 
uh, kind of reprimanding my parents because I told, was trying to tell my dad, like, you got to chill out. Like, this is stressful for all of us. Yeah. And that did not go well. Yeah. Which is evidence to when people are down on the ladder, they're of their nervous systems and they're in that fight or flight. Like if you come at them too hard, it backfires. Yeah. Which is why like with people in your life and as teachers, when you have kids down there or family members who are just not feeling good, if you kind of come at them too hard, it almost gives them, it backfires and makes the situation worse. Yeah. So as much knowledge as I'm learning about this, I, and I, and I, and I when I kind of reprimanded my dad for being kind of snippy, I could see he got mad. I just backed off immediately. I was like, yeah. okay, like I'm coming on too strong, but so I'm definitely living with people who are, I'm dealing with this fight flight thing. And it's mm. really, yeah, kind of interesting. And so very good to have the knowledge of that for me, I think in life. Um, so that's my, my, my first check-in and um, yeah, that's, that's really what's going on. I, my second check-in is I listened to this, uh, to the mind Valley podcast called superhumans at work. And they had a, um, a guest, Keith Ferrazzi, who wrote the book, Never Eat Alone. And he discussed a concept that I found very interesting and about networking. He doesn't like the word networking because it has a negative, he feels it's a negative connotation. Like you're networking to sort of, um, inc- to raise yourself up. Um, and it's not very authentic. And he talks about the art of connecting and building relationships and, and looking at every person that you meet, um, as you know, co-elevating relationships and committing to great things together and grow and learn and expand together as opposed to saying we're networking is really connecting, which is really what this episode is about. This is a social episode about how we all connect with others in different ways. And so I really connected with that podcast. That's Uh my check-in. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say just real quick on that last piece, that co-elevating I, yeah, I yeah. love that term. That's like a, I do too. Yes. He might've even said something like, I think I created this word or I don't know. There's some word he created that maybe it wasn't co-elevate, but like he likes, maybe it was co-elevate. Um, Keith Ferrazzi, uh, that rather than networking that we co-elevate each other. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like moving about, past. Yeah. Cause we yeah. talk about like, you know, in the polyvagal theory, they talk about co-regulating Oh, basically yeah. like mm-hmm. when your nervous system syncs with somebody else and you know you're able to either bring somebody up the ladder or bring somebody down the ladder through that like sinking um but i like the term co-elevating because it really reminds me of the rise piece that we talk about um, exactly yeah i think that's probably why i connected to it i was like that is what holly and i want to do we want to co-elevate each other we want to co-elevate yeah. other people we want other yeah. people to do this and i just thought it was like he kind of looked at networking as like an outdated term Ah, we're not networking. We're co-elevating like in our new world here. Yeah. So, it's yeah. That, that was yeah. cool. That's more inspiring. I like that too. Yeah. Um, and so how I are you? I'm good. I was just thinking about your dad though. I know this oh, has yeah. been like a really tricky time yeah, and oh, just good. stressful. And I feel for everybody involved. Um, I, I think something that you said is like super important about just accepting like that, that like, where are you on the ladder? And then wherever you are, it's okay. You know? And I think whether it's somebody else that's there or you're there, like, um, I think initially when we were learning about the ladder, I was like, awesome, this is a way to get yourself back up to the green. But, um, I'm understanding the more that we're doing this, how important it is to really, you know, uh, kind of name your emotion, sit where you're at and accept it. And then if you're ready or when you're ready, kind of move up. So, um, it's interesting that you saw that in action. Cause I think I've done that with myself a little bit, like, you know, with people talking about, okay, 
we're going back to school and especially, you know, like everybody right now is like, you know, what is my classroom going to look like? What's my position going to look like, you know? And for me, I think I have a tendency to go to action oriented right away. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well it is what it is. And you know, uh, what am I going to do about it? So, you know, I had a meeting yesterday and we were talking about this and I was like, well, I might be back in the classroom. So my first step was like action oriented. All right. I've got my PowerPoint going. What are things that are must haves if I'm back in the classroom? Yeah. What am I really going to like oh, about I didn't, it? Blah, blah, blah. I didn't know that. You think you might be going back to the classroom? Well, we don't know. You know, I mean, it all depends on numbers and, mm-hmm. you know, right. I, I think nobody knows right now. You know, I think, yeah. you know, in our district, the two choices are um, full time back at school or full-time e-learning. And I think it all depends on how many teachers are, you know, have comorbidities and need to be at home as those e-learning teachers and um, how many people are going to be back in the classroom. So who knows? You know, I think, Hmm. I I think nobody knows right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This um, is going to be, this is going to be an interesting ride the next few months, I think. I think so too. So, but you know, what I noticed about myself, it was like, I didn't give myself any time to react it was more like all right well there's nothing I can do about it so let's get into action but I'm understanding that that you know I think that piece of like stop how am I actually feeling about this Mm -hmm. and the truth is I'm kind of mixed you know I mean I there are times that I really really miss being in the classroom and I miss having my own set of kids and families because you just get this deep connection um yeah and yet I love coaching. I really love having those adult connections with teachers. So, I mean, the truth is my emotions are kind of all over the place, but I think give affording yourself the, the time to, um, and the energy spent at just saying like, where am I actually on this is probably better than creating a, you know, 50 slide PowerPoint yeah. <laughs> after your well, meeting. <laughs> yeah, that's okay that you're working through your issues. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, okay. So my check-in, um, Julie, last week you had talked about Melissa Urban's do the thing podcast. Yes. Did you do the cold water challenge? I did, but, but first <laughs> I will say I am, I did, which I'll tell you is past tense, but, oh no. <laughs> um, but I will oh say, gosh. I love that podcast. Oh my gosh. She's awesome. Um, she's awesome, yeah. yeah, she really is great. Just really real and, um, has a lot of good ideas and yeah, I love her. Um, yeah. So the cold water challenge, I did it for four days and oh. I was like telling my family, my family, no, I hate the cold. And so I was like, I am going to do this. Like I am committed. I listened to her podcast about it. I was like so inspired. And then I woke up on day five with an intense headache and I oh, was you're like, kidding. yes. And I was like, Oh, I'm I mean, shocked. <laughs> I was, I forgot that I was going to add that to my check-in. I have done it every day. And I am in love with it. You are seeing maybe I need to go back in, but I did it. I so I missed the one day, right? And so I, if people aren't I listening, if people didn't listen, I guess we talked about this last week. There's a uh, Melissa Urban's Do the Thing podcast talks about cold shower. It's the title is Cold Showers with Ed Sheeran, which she started just putting her water in her shower all the way to cold. You start with 30 seconds and you work up to what you can. Three minutes is ideal. She does like seven or eight. I will never get to seven or eight. And you feel amazing. Really? I felt oh, oh I God. felt tolerable like I have to say it did get easier by day four than what it, the day one I was like what what am I doing to myself no it's totally awful to do flight. but don't you I, don't you did you notice that you felt better after you got out of the shower and like throughout the day um so I was I mean I don't know I, I okay think I think you should give it another chance see this maybe. is me it, maybe um, <laughs> 
Yes, you encourage her. We'll Here's talk about a that foreshadowing soon. to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I might be using my dark side social superpower <laughs> to push you into something you're not ready for. <laughs> oh, anyway, okay. I just think I'm go. sleeping better and I feel a lot better. Well, so I was thinking because, you know, that day I was like, I cannot do this to myself. Like, you know, I need, I'm craving a warm shower. And so I was like, you know, yeah, to heck with yeah. that. I'm getting in Your brain's shower. making you feel comfortable. Okay. Yeah. And All right. so I'm All right. in the shower. Okay. And then the next day I was like, okay, I think I need to ease back into this. <laughs> and then I turned it like kind of lukewarm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot go cold again. I can't do it. Um, yeah. So I, I hear like, you. All right. I think I'm done. I hear you. But, I understand. But I it can say, be very, yeah, it's shocking. It's very shocking. It and sometimes it you is. don't feel like being shocked. I know. Well, I get it. but then I thought to myself, I was like, that is so funny because I think when I was younger, I was more of like a never say die kind of person. I mean, my mom talked about it. She was like, you hated piano lessons. And all I had to say to you was, you know, well, okay, then we'll quit. And you'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but clearly I'm not like that anymore. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about that. I was like, why would I change? Cause that's, this isn't the first thing that I've noticed. And I think when I was younger, I really was like, all in dedicated to whatever I was doing. And I think as I'm getting older, I'm a little bit more waffly, but I think it's Hmm. because I'm a little like, I think I'm more gentle to myself. I'm not so hardcore. Yeah. And I, I I, you know, I feel like um, I'm just kinder, you know, like I'm more understanding. And I think that does come with that, the other side of like, okay, well, you know, but then where is the follow through? Um, But I have to say like, you know, one of the things that, that, uh, people sometimes say is like a leopard doesn't change its spots, but I really don't believe that at all. Yes. I think, you know, I am such a different person than I was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think I really, va- and I know you're like this too, Julie, like I really value learning and growing and improving. Like mm-hmm. it's just always been a part of my life. And right. like, I hope I'm different 20 years from now. I hope I'm you know, a kinder, more centered, loving person, you know, I hope that just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Um, I think it does. I think, well, and yeah. And I think when you get old, you start setting boundaries. Like maybe you're like, you know, I just want to be kind and comfortable and I don't need to do things to prove anything. Yeah. Yeah. That could be. And it's not to say (laughs) I'm not going to try it again because I, I might, um, you know, I'm not ruling that out, but I think like kind of being okay with myself and being like, yeah, you set out and I didn't have a, a number in my mind. I was just like, I'm going to try this out. So I think next time, if I were to do it, I might say like, I'm going to try out for 10 days, but I'm actually, um, for me, it's a little bit of a growth to kind of be like, okay, you know, it didn't work. It's okay. You right. Know, and you're not sticking to it just because you're being so rigid to stick to it. I will say, yeah. have you gotten to the point with the cold water? We're obsessing over the cold water thing now. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to do this. Um, where you can, um, where you're used to the water and you can just stand there and it doesn't feel cold anymore. I don't think I quite ever got there. I did get to okay. the point where I could breathe through it and that okay. it did get me a little bit better, but I will tell you, I was a competitive swimmer growing up yeah. and we swam in really cold water. I'm like, do I have PTSD from this? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I've gotten to a point where I can breathe. I, you, you, you lose your breath, you catch your breath, you control your breath. And then if you stick with it, then it doesn't feel cold anymore. It's just like, you just get used to it. But okay. I only stand it for like a minute and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. But anyway, okay. 
Yeah. 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 I'm so off the cold I water thing now. I, Whatever you want to do, I'm I'm okay with. <laughs> thank you with for it. supporting me. <laughs> thank you for empowering me. Um, I, you know, I think we're going to be talking about social superpowers and, you know, all of these that we've talked about, like, you know, sometimes you have these natural inclinations to things. Um, but, you know, and maybe that's because people that you were raised with, you know, were more dedicated or, you know, hardcore on something and you kind of pick that up. It might be that a part of your brain is like bigger or, you know, more adept at, at one of these social superpowers. Mm -hmm. But, um, I do really think all of these superpowers that we're going to talk about are available to all of us to improve and grow. Um, and so I think as we're reading, you know, as we're talking about this episode and like, what are your, your strengths, your social strengths, understanding that what your social strengths are, it's not a, uh, it's not a fixed, um, area, I guess. Yeah. 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 I agree. So today we're going to be talking about an S tool, a social tool for social connections. Humans, as humans, we are built to connect with other humans. We all have ways that we do this. Today is about awareness of your own social superpowers. It might also give you a roadmap for areas that you want to work on to improve your social connections. Okay, so there are 16 social superpowers Um, Some are based on Vanessa Van Edwards book. She has an awesome um, YouTube channel that's called the science of people and a website. And I just bought her book called captivate and it's really great. Hmm. Um, So we took some of hers, but we changed a lot of them just, you know, with people that we knew and then other research that we had read other places. Um, So as we read the descriptions of these social superpowers, see if you can envision yourself or like we might read one you might be like oh my gosh that is so you know like i that's so this person in my life yeah um so as you're doing it it might be helpful to do that because later on we'll have you go back and kind of reflect on that okay so the first social superpower are you a nurturer if so your main trait is that you're big-hearted you'll know you're a nurturer if you take care of people really well you're empathetic, you're compassionate, and any group you are in is lucky to have you as a nurturer because you're just a soft spot to land when things are rough. Are you a listener? Your main trait is that you're quiet. You know that you're a listener if people always come to you to vent, you're able to stay in the present moment and give your full attention to the speaker, and any group is lucky to have you because you allow people to feel heard. Okay. Are you a balancer? If so, your main trait is that you're intuitive. You'll know you're a balancer if you sense the energy in a room and you can tell it's unbalanced and you work to change it. Any group is lucky to have you as a balancer because you avert intense situations or you know how to add energy when it's needed. Are you a networker? Your main trait is you are connected. You know that you are a connector if, or a networker, if you have a wide range of contacts and friends, you bring people together, possibly from different groups or walks of life, and you might tend to have eclectic parties. Any group is lucky to have you because you are the glue that holds everyone together and keeps the group connected. Are you a converser? If so, your main trait is that you're comfortable. You know you're a converser if you have the gift for gab. You're a conversationalist. You can do small talk as well as deep conversations. You kind of are really tuned in to the natural rhythms of conversations. You know when to speak, when to listen, 
how to use your nonverbals and even your tone to enhance the conversation. Any group is lucky to have you because you know the right thing to say at the right time. And when you're around, there are very few awkward silences. Are you a chameleon? Your main trait is that you're adaptable. You know you're a chameleon if you're good at figuring out the social norms and rhythm of a group and you fit right in. You adapt your personality depending on the group you're with. And any group is lucky to have you because you don't rock the boat. So it's not a lot of work to be with you. Are you an empowerer? If so, your main trait is that you're an encourager. You know you're an empowerer if you believe in people and their talents, and you're uh, apt to showcase other people's successes. Any group is lucky to have you because you make people believe in themselves, and you also help the group recognize each other's great qualities. Are you a magnet? Your main trait is that you're likable. You know you're a magnet if people like being around you. You're warm, approachable, possibly passionate, and any group is lucky to have you because you radiate positive energy and emotions are contagious. Are you a storyteller? If so, your main trait is that you're dramatic. You'll know you're a storyteller if you always have a story to share. You may listen, remember, and repeat stories that you've heard before. Any group is lucky to have you as a storyteller because you're entertaining. And the human brain naturally tunes in to a good story. Are you a comedian? Your main trait is you're funny. You know if you're a comedian if you make people laugh and you're quick to add a funny comment or a joke at just the right time with just the right people. Any group is lucky to have you because you lighten the mood. Are you a presenter? If so, your main trait is that you're clear. You'll know you're a presenter if you can clearly explain and share information to a group of people and you possibly thrive in big crowds. Any group is lucky to have you because you can be the spokesperson for the group if needed, and you make things easy to understand. Are you a visionary? Your main trait is you're imaginative. You know you're a visionary if you think big picture and you have a plan. You inspire other people to follow your plan. Any group is lucky to have you because you help the group have a purpose and a direction and you motivate people to band together and follow a vision. Are you an influencer? If so, your main trait is that you're persuasive. You'll know you're an influencer if you are passionate about one or more than one thing and people join in on your passions once you share them. Any group is lucky to have you because you bring trends and other cool ideas to the group and keep everyone hip. Are you a solver? Your main trait is that you're action-oriented. You know you're a solver if, when there's a problem, you can generate a plan to solve it. You are quick to spring into action to fix it. Any group is lucky to have you because you have great ideas and you are willing to lend a hand. Are you a decoder? If so, your main trait is that you're detail-oriented. You'll know you're a decoder if you are very attuned to the nuances in body language and tone of voice. You can sometimes figure out, or a lot of times figure out people's true beliefs and emotions, even if they don't tell you them. Any group is lucky to have you because you can help people understand nuances or patterns that they might not pick up on themselves. Are you an organizer? Your main trait would be a planner. You know that you're an organizer if you're usually the one that prompts the group to get the next date on the calendar. You're good at finding the best deal, the best event, and any group is lucky to have you because they might not ever get together or at least not as often without you.
Okay, so those are the 16 social superpowers. Um, What do you think your superpowers are, Julie? Well, as we read through that, I think you can like kind of see yourself in a bunch of different ones. I think I connect with nurture, um, balancer, and empower the most. Yeah. How about you? I was laughing because I think like, you know, do the brothers have a type? Because Yeah, I think we are similar. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my strongest one is probably empower. Um, yeah. but, and also balancer, like what you had said. And I do think I'm a nurturer, um, more at school than I think I am at home because I think Rick kind of takes that role a little bit at home. Yeah. Um, my third one was a little hard, you know, I was thinking maybe visionary, mostly the imaginative piece of that, but I don't know. I, that I one's think, up a little up I for th- grabs. Yeah. I think you're definitely a visionary. Uh, what about our husbands? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I said, you know, I think Rick's a nurturer. Like, you know, he cooks. Yeah, he I never knew that about Rick, cook. but I'm seeing that more and more now yeah. that we've been doing this podcast and I'm a little bit more in tune to him. Yeah, he's a yeah. nurturer, which is such yeah. a nice quality. Yeah, it for is. a man. I mean, yes. I'm a nurturer, but there's something like when a, because Rick doesn't have that, like you wouldn't initially think he's a nurturer. I think that's yeah. what it's like. It's kind of a nice, surprising uh, characteristic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's actually one of his strongest ones, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, he's also an organizer, like for sure, you know, he gets groups together has, you know, like, uh, it's been great for me because, you know, I come home and I'm like, okay, what are we doing this weekend? You know, and he usually yes. has some kind of plan. Um, and then, uh, he's a networker. Like he's, he never has, has a friend, like he has friends from every walk of life he's ever been on, I think. So, yeah, that's such a nice quality too. I you know, so to too. keep your friends. And I noticed that about him. I, I would say my husband Jeff is a solver, a decoder, and an organizer. Yeah, I would add yeah. comedian to that too. I think sometimes he's really funny. A comedian, yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah, he's yeah. a little bit of a comedian. When I think of com- when I when we read the comedian, I think of my son Ryan. Yes, <laughs> I, think I mean he's like a hundred percent comedian. He's just super yeah. quick and funny, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, oh, also I was thinking, and I think as you read that, that list, you think of yourself, but then I think we can all relate to that person in our, our friend group or our work group that is the organizer. And my friend Heather, who is uh, the librarian at our school, I mean, she's such the organizer. She's always like, okay, let's go here. And this is who's coming. And this is the event we're going to go to. And this is how much the appetizers cost. And like, you can just count on her for that. So it's always kind of nice to have someone that you, you kind of know is going to fill that role. And I think you and I kind of talked about sometimes when that person is um, not available, kind of forces you to step into a different role. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you kind of have to step up like, to the plate. And, yeah, and sometimes that you notice, like if a chemistry is off with a group, I think sometimes it's because one of these superpowers is missing. If you can identify that and be like, oh, okay, we need a nurture in this group or we need, you know, an organizer or whatever, you know, we need a visionary, whatever it is, um, being able to use these to kind of say like, you know, what seems to be a little off, what can we do to. Right. Or even ourselves? if you like have a group and you can't invite somebody else in, who's a nurturer, just having that awareness yeah. and that knowledge of like, you know, maybe this little social group that I've gotten planned together, maybe we could use somebody with like these qualities and being really intentional um, so yeah. that you can up level the groups that you participate in. I think that could that's be really powerful. Good. Yeah. I love that. Like with hiring, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we're going to talk about the dark side of these, yeah. these social I, superpowers. I, yeah. And I love um, this dark side. I think it's so interesting when we are reading through these. So yeah. Um, okay. I so too, the- because it's like you, as your identity, like a lot of times 
these are things you oftentimes believe about yourself. You know, like we listed our qualities and then I think when you believe it about yourself, that's, you know, more likely what you're going to portray to other people. But like when you so intensely believe these things about yourself, what can be the dark side of that? Right. So for example, if you're a nurturer, your dark side might, your dark side might be that you have this helper identity. So instead of nurturing, you take over and you enable the person instead of helping them grow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like a listener. So the dark side is you focus so much on listening that you become more of like a bystander of the group. So you're not as connected and people aren't sure where you stand or if they can even trust you. If you're a balancer, your dark side might be that you sense the energy in a room starting to get intense. So you jump right in and try to change it. But it may be a conversation that needs to be had, intense or not. I can really relate to that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. The As a networker, the dark side is you make so many connections that you don't have time to go really deep with anyone. So you just have all these very surface level relationships. Yeah. If you're an empower, the dark side might be that you may be so eager to give people power that you push them into something before they're ready. Like maybe cold showers. <laughs> I do that. I push uh, people into things a little bit. So I'm, I'm becoming aware. Yeah. Bear with me. <laughs> it's all about awareness. <laughs> um, okay. Conversers. The dark side is um, you like the back and forth of a conversation so much that you have a hard time listening for long maybe like during a presentation or a meeting, or you might get stuck in conversation instead of moving toward action. Hmm. Or if you're a chameleon, the dark side might be that you're so adaptable that you don't really know what you want. So you're never truly yourself. Yeah. And as an organizer, the dark side might be, since you're the one organizing and doing all the work, you might not be as adaptable if things need to change. Or if you're a magnet, the dark side might be that you're so likable that you outshine everyone else in the group and you don't allow space for others to glow. Yeah. If you're a storyteller, the dark side might be you love a good story so much that real life might be a bit boring for you. So you're apt to make up or embellish events just to have a good story. And that could be misinterpreted as the truth. Mm. If you're a comedian, your dark side might be that you're a funny person, but you might not be able to be serious when you need to be. And I think uh, presenters, the dark side is that you're the one with the voice. So you may act as the expert at, at the expense of taking into consideration other people's points of view. Or you might be really rigid when you're presenting your material and not adapt to the people in front of you. Or if you're a visionary, the dark side might be, you know, the right direction to head, but you haven't really gotten input from others in the group, which means that your right direction could be the wrong direction. And as an influencer, your dark side might be, you may try to get people to follow you for selfish reasons. If you're a decoder, the dark side is that you overanalyze. You might say things like, well, she must have meant this, or I think I'm sure he was mad because of this. And you might start to create stories that aren't necessarily true. Mm. And if you're a solver, the dark side is you are action oriented, but you might act before you think and possibly take over without getting input from anyone else. Hmm. So the social superpowers tool is all about awareness, knowing your social superpower helps you not only to see what makes you unique, but it also clarifies how you can positively contribute to a group. 
The dark side descriptors act as boundaries so that you can be sure to use your powers of connection for good. So try finding your top three, which means find your top three so- social superpowers and, you know, celebrate them. Use them to elevate your social connections. That's what comes natural to you. If you have a, a social superpower that you want to develop, find someone who already has this superpower and kind of observe what do they do. So the challenge this week is to find your top three social superpowers and see if you can decode other people's top three social superpowers. You can find the tool on our social media platforms and all tools are most powerful and personalized. So make it your own. This week is about identifying your social superpowers and possibly identifying other people's social superpowers. Let us know how this tool worked for you. You can contact us via email at riseforeducators at gmail. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Rise for Educators. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for tuning in and join us next week for our next episode of Rise for Educators. Have a great week. Bye, Hal. Bye, Jules. Bye.